the biggest games. A perfect season complete. The Wanakee Warriors are your state champions in Division II. The most compelling stories. 50 years for Title IX. That's incredible. And this is the 50th anniversary. The area's best high school sports coverage. This is Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. It is another week and another edition of Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. I'm Alex Strofe alongside my right-hand man, my partner in crime. He is the dean of area high school sports. He is Dennis Semrau. We are live from the Everlight Solar Studio right downtown Madison, Wisconsin. It seems like everybody's leaving the area, Dennis, because it's Memorial Day weekend, uh, and you and I haven't dashed out of town quite yet. But good to see you. How are you this Friday evening? Very good. Uh, can't believe it's Memorial Day weekend already. It's the official kickoff of the summer, and the weather certainly has felt like it the last couple of weeks, huh? Yeah, it's about time. I mean, with uh, regional and sectional track this week, uh, to have you know weather in the seventies and eighties. Uh, you know, when the kids go, you don't want to have rain. You don't want to have pulled hamstring muscles, or when it's eighty, you can loosen up and. Uh, We've got some uh, Tarek Sala's got a daughter that uh, is a state uh, track athlete. So yep. uh, we got some people here that have some interest in it. Absolutely, uh, Chad's got a daughter at Stoughton that uh, right one that, of our marketing consultants. Uh, was, absolutely, was competing this week. So uh, it, it's just a fun time of the year. I was able to cover uh, on uh, Tuesday on the Middleton and uh, on Alaska softball. That was a twelve nothing five inning game. You get some. You get some uh, mercy rules for Middleton. That was their only mercy rule of the uh, game of the season, which is four and a half or five innings, depending if you're the home or away team. Ten run lead. It's fifteen if it's after three innings. So, um, but um, you look at uh, baseball um, this week. Middleton knocked off Craig, last unbeaten team, Big Eight. Uh, lost two to one on Tuesday. That was a big one for them. Uh, just a lot of things going on. You had golf. You have tennis. I mean, it's it's a time of the year where you're hoping the weather finally kicks in. And this is why the year that the post the pandemic year 2021, the alternate sports season, when it pushed the spring sports back, kind of compressed them a little bit. They went a little bit later, but it was such great weather for all that. And now we keep looking at if you're a spring sport athlete. You kind of get penalized because your window of opportunity is so small, and you've had teams playing five games in six days or six games in five days, and then you've got prom, you've got uh, you know, graduation, and it's amazing uh, talking to the seniors how many students now basically have a week or less after graduation. They're already off to college. You know, if you're a Division right. One football basketball player. They've got you in summer school. They've got off-season workouts. Get you on campus. Uh, talked to Griffin Empey this week, who's uh, going to be playing college football, and uh, he was one who couldn't wait to finish high school. He's some unless you're a spring sport athlete. These last couple of months, they can actually drag because senioritis kicks in. Did you ever have that when you were a senior? What was uh, your senior year like? Ah, uh, yeah, senioritis up the wazoo. I had my my first period class was an online class, so I didn't have to come in until I don't know ten o'clock, probably oh, eight, maybe nine thirty. So I slept in my <laughs> senior year. It was great. It was great. Maybe that's what made me the night owl I am now. But um, I'm getting better at that, though. You called me the other night. What was it? About eleven o'clock, and I was sleeping. So 
I'm getting better at my night owl miss. Uh, but every once in a while, I give I give it a shot. If you're up, fine. If you're not, no problem. Yeah, I never. Oh, well, my, I graduated. Um, May 25th was mine when I was in high school. Oh yeah, mine but was I went later to a, than that. I went to a private school. Yeah, mine, mine was mid mid June, early June, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, typical, typical. Well, it's like Edgewood. The seniors are done. They've yeah, been they've done. been done. You know, it's it's crazy, but nonetheless, uh, exciting time of the year, Dennis, and an exciting announcement this week. Not not high school sports. The Green Bay Packers and Green Bay get to host the NFL Draft in 2025. My hometown, you're wearing your Packers pullover <laughs> yeah. today. Uh, I'm super excited about this. How about you? Oh, I love it. Uh, you've been Ever since they left New York and started to take their game on the road, you know, watching Kansas City, 300,000 people or whatever. They were talking about how many people were there. Just the, uh, the financial impact, the economic impact on the city. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Now, the question is, is hotel rooms. I know what it's like to go to state track and lacrosse, and you're 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 like driving an hour afterwards just to get a hotel. And what the hotel prices are going to be like? Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I imagine every hotel from Escanaba to Milwaukee will be booked. No, I, you know, see. if if you're smart, you live in Green Bay. If you're not a football fan or marginal, rent your house out. You're going to make a freaking fortune, fortune for yeah. a week, no doubt. Just like I, they do during the Olympics. Yeah, I, and I saw Mark Murphy uh, talked on Wednesday to the media, and he said. Uh, you know, he expects about over twenty million dollars in e- economic impact in just Green Bay, ninety million statewide uh, uh, over that three day weekend from Thursday to, to Saturday uh, uh, coming up in twenty twenty five. You think about it, now. You did a show. I was watching. I was listening to you guys when you were doing your your podcast. Yeah, and uh, I had a TV on and charting all the picks. I mean, I, I've always kind of watched the draft, but it's it's a circus now. It's incredible. It's what it, they do. it's quite the spectacle, and it's uh, one of my favorite days of the year. Is that that first round Thursday? So of the NFL draft, it's right up there with the first day of March Madness for me, and, and Super Bowl, and, and well, uh, opening day for baseball. Opening for me. day, yeah, that's a big one for you. But now it's just like uh, your number one draft choice, so you get hugged by the commissioner. That's the big thing now. The commissioner hugs all the players when they come up. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> bear hugs and, and, and bro hugs and all the in-betweens. But exciting edition of Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania coming up for you tonight. Coming up next, we'll talk to Derek Jensen from Heartland Arrowhead Football. Uh, he is a commit to the University of Wisconsin, keeping our trend alive, talking to 2024 commits uh, to Luke Fickle and the Wisconsin Badgers in 24. Jensen, Dennis? Six foot seven, three hundred thirty pound offensive lineman. Sounds like a Wisconsin Badger to me. Junior in high school, seventeen year old. Six foot seven, three thirty. Can you imagine the food bill? (laughs) Which is why the parents are happy to send them off to college. And and Derek Jensen, my understanding, Dennis, he is at Six Flags Great America. So we're going to try to catch him while he's not on a roller coaster. Uh, Coming up next, we'll also have a have a chat. Really excited about this one. WIA Assistant Director Kate Peterson Abiyad, who oversees. Tennis, she'll oversee lacrosse next year. She's a, a former college basketball coach for years, the all-time winningest coach at Cleveland State University. She's a former UW women's basketball assistant, and she's in the UW-Stevens Point Hall of Fame. We get there to talk to another pointer coming up here about 6.30 tonight uh, with Kate peterson Abia. That's all still ahead. He's Dennis Semra. I'm Alex Strope. It is Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania, of course, brought to you by our friends at Zimbraconda, where for nearly 50 years they've provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbraconda's used car dealership will save you time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicle that matches your style. If you're in the market for a new Honda or used Honda, visit Zimbraconda in Madison today or head to their website, Zimbraconda.com, to search current inventory. Derek Jensen coming up next at Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania.
rolling on. It is Zimbra Condis presentation of Prep Mania here on a Friday night. Alex Grove, the Dean, Dennis Semrau with you. Excited to be joined now by Derek Jensen from Arrowhead Football. He is a 2024 commit to the University of Wisconsin, a six foot seven, 330-pound offensive lineman. Sounds like a badger to me, Dennis. Derek, how are you? Appreciate the time. I'm awesome. Thank you. Good to hear. And we'll get into your recruitment process in a second, but we got to talk about where you're at right now. So you're in a physics class, but right now you're on a class field trip at Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois. That's like way cooler than any field trip I ever got to go on. Yeah, it is awesome. I can't lie. So, so you're <laughs> learning about like real life physics and how it applies to roller coasters is my understanding? Yeah. So when you, when you go to Wisconsin, I, I don't know if physics is going to be part of your major. Have you figured out your, your major for college yet, or is that something you'll figure out in the future? I think it's going to have to something I'm going to have to do trial and error, figure out when I get there. I mean, I, I like a lot of things, but I'm not really sure where I'm ready to sit down yet and settle. Fair enough, but we do know football is the love, and, and you are you are heavily recruited by, by a billion schools, including a bunch from the Big Ten, but ultimately you decide to stay home. Talk to us about uh, the commit or the recruitment process, which ultimately led you to commit to Wisconsin back on April 2nd. Yeah, so, I mean, I, basically it was kind of just like a fairy tale. Like, as, soon, as soon as the new staff came in, I mean, we, we all got together. I just knew, like, these guys were what, where I want to go and where I want to commit these next four years or five or how many for eligibility. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I talked, I talked to coach McNell and, uh, I know he was my guy right off the start. And then I came, I came over here, came down for a visit and, uh, met coach Longo and coach Fickle. And I was just like, these are my guys and this is where I want to go. So it wasn't, wasn't a hard choice for me being a Badger fan myself. So uh, Derek, this Dennis said, had you been, uh, recruited by the previous staff? Uh, yes. And you, you've got some... Yeah, I was, I was down there for a bunch of visits, but uh, to be honest, I don't think we clicked as much as I thought. Uh, what, so. attra- what attracted you the most about Tier? Did you grow up wanting to be I, a Badger? Uh, yeah, for sure. It was, just, it was such, a, such a known for its O-line. I mean, it's, as soon as I knew I was an O-line when I was a kid, which you get picked out of the weeds pretty early there, I, just, I, I knew it was a great school. Obviously, being a home state is just another level of just amazingness like i could see my family every every break we get so it was really just no question now uh i'm sure one of the reasons why the coaching staff likes you is you are a wrestler now a little bit too big uh, with 285 is the limit uh the high school for the <laughs> yeah. heavyweight but uh do they talk to you about that to the about i guess just the uh dynamics of being a wrestler footwork uh you know one-on-one contact the work ethic all that comes with it yeah, and I think the biggest piece of that is that work ethic, that that mental fortitude and toughness that wrestling sort of ingrains in you. And I, I did it for four years, so I, I knew the ins and outs, but I was getting too big for the sport, so I kind of had it apart part ways with it, which is kind of hard for me. But I, I know Coach Fickle's a big time wrestler, so we kind of we kind of bonded on that, I think, and it was just it was really cool talking to him about that, and like sort of seeing his mind about it. Fickle loves his wrestlers, including Derek Jensen from Arrowhead High School. And, and piggybacking off that, Derek, the physicality part of both those sports obviously help help one another. Have you always been a, a physical athlete? Has the physical sports always been kind of kind of your forte, the, the things you've loved? For sure. I think I've gravitated towards those more. 
I mean, I, I, I couldn't see myself playing basketball. I think I'd fall out in the first two minutes. How about Arrowhead? I mean, obviously the facilities are amazing, but but how has that prepared you to take your next step in a few years as a Division One athlete? Uh, how has Arrowhead uh, in, in the school district there in Heartland helped you? I mean, I really got to give all the props to my head coach, Matt Harris, and my O-line coach, Coach Lars. I mean, they've prepared me for everything I need to know. And I like how they, the way they teach is in steps. So, for example, like, when you're, when, you're, when you're ready, they'll, they'll sort of give you that next step and go in depth. They're, I like, like their coaching style. Is, it's something I haven't seen before and something that really clicks with me. And that's actually a reason why I pick, picked uh, Wisconsin because Coach McNall, the way he teaches, is similar. So it was really cool to see that. You look at the uh, – you've got several teammates that are D1 athletes as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's it like? I mean, uh, it's like a who's who of college football coming through your campus. Yeah, it's, it's sort of just like our zoo over here. I mean, we got a ton of guys coming in every week. Every time it's the, every time it's not a cold period, we have college scouts coming in here. But it, it was it was like a zoo before we all committed. I have to say, uh, yes or no, cheese curds is that high on your list? Oh, 100 percent. That's not even a question. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we, when we first started uh, uh, reaching out to the guys, uh, Robert Booker over at Wanakee is the one that uh, yeah. we're contacting. And uh, he said, you guys have been uh, you know, connecting on uh, gaming and all this other stuff. What kind of relationships have you had with your future teammates? Yeah, so, so we'll hop on the game sometimes. It's really cool. Uh, we, we FaceTimed a lot just to like, get to know each other, kind of see where we're all at. Honestly, great group of guys. I couldn't ask for better teammates. Super nice guys. Like good character, good good morals. Have you had your official visit? Or are you coming in for your official visit? I am. I'm coming the second weekend. I, I couldn't. I, I really wish I could come the first weekend because that's when Mabry and all, all the other guys are coming there. But I've come to the second because of finals. Oh, that's uh, that's it's, tough. It's but so hey, good. you guys will have plenty of time to uh, to play ball and get to know each other a little bit better as you uh, you come in in twenty twenty four. Talking about you know your recruitment process again, Derek. You mentioned how it was kind of a dream. You grew up a Badgers fan, but what was it like? You know, I saw you took visits to Ohio State and Iowa, seeing those other Big Ten campuses up close and personal, and getting to know those staffs. What was that like? You know, growing up a Badgers fan and obviously seeing all these teams for so many years. I imagine that was another part of the dream, right? Seeing all these different campuses. Campuses. Tell us a little bit about those experiences. Yeah, it's really just great. I mean, it's not, it's nice to see your home, like your home, your home state and all. But like, it's really cool to see how like the differences in each of the coaching styles. For example, like maybe like more southern schools have a completely different way of coaching as they do in the Big Ten. It's it's a completely different game, and it's really cool to see. Honestly, all different facilities are always well kept. I mean, when you're in Power Five, they have to be. Absolutely. But it's really cool seeing all the different people and meeting meeting all these interesting people everywhere you go. Yeah, no doubt. Were, were you recruited by Cincinnati and, and Coach Fickle when he was when he was there? Or was the first contact you had with him when he when he made the move over to Wisconsin? The first contact was when he moved over to Wisconsin. Gotcha. Uh, favorite uh, pro athlete? Ooh, all sports, not just football, right? Uh, anything? Uh, do you, uh, is there a guy you emulate first of all for football? Is somebody that you followed growing up? Uh, a, a, f- a former Badger or a pro? Um, for football, I would probably say Joe Thomas or Trent Williams. I, I like both of them. They're both dogs. I like how they play. Uh, that's kind of just like the staple of an offensive lineman. I feel like, in my opinion, a couple Hall of Famers. Not not bad to emulate. I, I'd say that's yeah. that's a pretty good one. 
Yeah. Favorite food? Uh, what, what's your go-to meal? Oh, uh, for just kind of sort of like a baseline. I mean, burgers is nice. I like steak too, but I also really like sushi. We don't we don't have a ton of spots around Wisconsin, but when, okay. when I was in California, I had some. It was it was really amazing. Now you can be close enough home to take your laundry home or <laughs> get food, but yeah. what's your go to? What's your comfort food? If mom, you, you got to come home, and what's mom going to make you to maybe uh, make your day a little bit better? Oh, my mom makes an amazing beef stroganoff. Oh, she's an yeah. awesome cook. Well, that's always good. Uh, that 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 explains uh, what, why why you're an O lineman, right? You got you got yeah. to beef up and, and be the yeah. big man in the middle. Yeah. I love that. Uh, go ahead, when, when you get older, a cabernet goes very nice with the stroganoff. <laughs> give it a few years, Dennis. Give it a, give it a yes, few uh, years. That's my wife. One of my wife's favorite recipes is her her uh, stroganoff too. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Derek, last one for you before we let you get back to the roller coasters. Uh, talk to us about Arrowhead and, and your senior year coming up. What's your group looking like, and what are the expectations for your crew coming up here in the 23 season? Uh, I would say our goals are nothing short from getting to uh, – maybe I'll get to Madison a little bit early this year. That's yeah. all I want to say. Uh, I, th- I think we really do have the people to do this, and a lot of young guys actually that are coming up from this, this younger freshman class, uh, they're going to ball out, I really do think. So – it's all about seeing how they develop during this offseason. Uh, I think they're all starting to get that, so everybody's getting in that weight room. You've got a division. And, uh, you've got a division one offensive line, right, to start with. Uh, so you expect to kind of run over some people. Oh, for sure. I mean, Vance is going to have a lot of time in that pocket. He's not going to have any issues with that this year. That's good to hear. Derek Jensen from Arrowhead Football, a commit to Wisconsin. Derek, we appreciate you taking the time. Now go get back to the roller coaster. What's next on the list? Excuse me, I'm sorry. You you broke up. I I was just wondering what's what's the next roller coaster on the list for you as we let you get back to that. I think I'm gonna do the Superman one again. That one was really fun. That one is fun. All right, Derek. Appreciate the time, man. Go have fun. Thank you. It's Derek Jensen, a commit to the University of Wisconsin from Arrowhead High School. Dennis, big takeaways. He's a big body. He he fits the Wisconsin mold. It's he should be an exciting guy to watch come 2024. You want to be a Badger? I like that. Maybe I'll get to camp campus a little bit early. Uh, getting this team here, walking down that tunnel, then uh, you know, for, for guys that have come on to Wisconsin, you know, that that's that one thing. Whether you're high school, coming with your teammates, but thinking, oh my God, what's it going to be like? Eighty thousand people on a Saturday. Uh, do, I did ask him about the jump around. If he's, uh, that's a pretty big guy doing the jump around. Yeah, true. I, be, I bet he'd be pretty darn good at it. Uh, that's Derek Jensen from Arrowhead Prep Mania rolls on right after this, right here, one hundred point five ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. on it is Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania on a Friday night. Alex Strofe, the Dean, Dennis Semra with you ahead of your Memorial Day weekend. Excited to be joined now by the Assistant Director of the WIAA, Kate, P- Kate Peterson Abiyad, easy for me to say, uh, joins us now. Kate, uh, besides me slaughtering your name, how are you? Appreciate you taking the time. I'm doing great. Yeah, just really appreciate being a part of this and no, thanks for covering all this with, with the WIAA information. Well, we love doing it, and it's always fun to catch up with our pals up in Stevens Point, where I went to college, so always good to get back to the 715, even if it's over the phone. But, Kate, obviously a really busy time of year for everybody at the WIA. Of course, uh, state track coming up next week. We've got all the spring state tournaments coming up over the course of the next month or so. Uh, what, what's this time like for you as we approach all these state tournaments? Obviously, I imagine a lot of planning and getting ready, but, but what's it like for you as the assistant director 
Yeah, listen, I mean, everybody here is on the hustle trying to get ready for these big events because we're trying to put forward just an incredibly awesome experience for the student-athletes in Wisconsin and for the coaches and schools that, and communities that are a part, a part of our membership. Um, every assistant director here is busy preparing for their tournaments. Um, I personally oversee uh, the boys' tennis in the spring, and next year we'll oversee boys' tennis and boys' and girls' lacrosse. Uh, but each of us is just, you know, heads down and w- working with our assistant, trying to get everything in order so that it, these events are really memorable. You mentioned lacrosse next year. Uh, that will be finally a, a sanctioned sport. I know uh, in our area, Sauk Prairie, Verona, Wanakee, Middleton have had strong programs. Uh, do you have any idea how many, what what the number is or what you're projecting for next year, uh, boys and girls teams? Well, I can tell you that our membership has until June 1st to uh, report what sports they will have. So we still have some time. And I do know I've, I've had conversations with a number of different athletic directors who are in conversations with their school boards, um, trying to figure out if they'll have a standalone team or if they'll co-op with others. But I looked this morning, and we have 24 programs on the boys' side and 24 programs on the girls' side. Uh, that is including co-ops. So there's probably more than 40 schools that are engaged, but some of them are in multi-school co-ops. So. Uh, we don't have final numbers yet, but we will soon. Yeah, and that's been a club sport. Uh, are all the schools going to convert over, or are some still going to stay club? Do you know? Well, I don't know who all the clubs have been. Um, we've been in constant contact with the schools. We have some that the clubs were uh, maybe with their with their town, but not you know affiliated necessarily with the school. Some of those clubs will remain intact, and those clubs will be able to play the school teams as long as they're not sponsored by a school. So, you know, community clubs that have drawn kids together, they will be able to continue to play if they're not absorbed by a specific school or by a specific co-op. Um, they will be able to play against our member schools, um, but any schools that have a club that they're that is affiliated with the school themselves that decide not to sanction, you know, as a WIA sport, then those club teams will have to find other groups of people to play because our membership will not be playing those, those schools or those teams. If that makes sense. Now, uh, switching gears here, basketball, that's your, uh, your baby boys and girls, uh, coaches' advisory meeting. What's the number one uh, item for the coaches right now? Well, there were three proposals up for the coaches' advisory committee this year. Um, the big two, I think, are you would say are the um, the shot clock. Uh, that's one of the, the proposals that's been made, and then also uh, a proposal about bringing six Division One teams to state to fill that morning session on Thursday of our state tournament. What are your thoughts on the shot clock? Uh, is it? Uh, we thought we had it passed, but uh, the superintendents and the administrators shot it down because I guess they, they didn't have enough chance to look at it. It looks like big schools want it, small don't. Uh, is it a possibility you might have it in Division One and Two, and not in Three, Four, and Five like some states do, or is this an all-or-nothing proposal? 
Well, my belief here at this time is that the Board of Control feels pretty strongly about making decisions that are good for the membership. And I don't think that they see the membership as part of the membership. I think they feel like if the shot clock is good for basketball in Wisconsin, then it's good for basketball in Wisconsin, not just some kids in Wisconsin and other kids not playing with the shot clock. So I don't think that you'll see, and the proposal was not made for just two specific divisions, Division One and Two. It was made for the membership. Uh, so that's what the that that is what is going through the rules change process right now. Um, the proposal is also for several years from now, so that schools, if if this passes, would have an opportunity to get ready uh, for the shot clock. Now, you also may recall that any proposal that passes through the board of control that involves a cost to the schools, then we'll have to go back through the next year to the annual meeting. So if these proposals are to pass at the, uh, if the shot clock were to pass at the board of control level, it would then have to go back on the docket and be approved to go to the annual meeting, which would be next April. So no action, no final action would be taken on the shot clock until next April when all member schools would have a chance to vote. But as you mentioned, there was a uh, survey that was sent out by the WBCA in the state, which is the Coaches Association. They asked schools to give one, one vote. You know, if you ask the coaches, they're going to say one thing. If you ask the athletic directors or the superintendents, they may give a, a different answer for whether or not they want the shot clock. So they asked each member school to talk about it as a group. And they had decent response. Uh, over 300 schools responded. And what you mentioned, Dennis, is that there's a pretty big discrepancy, like 81% of Division One schools are in favor of the shot clock, whereas Division Five schools, that number is 21%. Wow. Um, so, and it, it declines as it goes. Um, Division One and Two do meet the, you know, the majority vote. I think Division Two was somewhere around 62% or something like that. And then 3, 4, and 5 were all below the 50% mark. And, and you can see the, the vast drop that goes from Division One to Division Five. That's so fascinating. As we chat with Kate Peterson Aviad here on Prep Mania, Alex Drove, Dennis Semrai with you from the Everlight Solar Studio. And Kate, this is a long running debate in the in the state of Wisconsin. You you joined the WIA back in back in early twenty eighteen. And as Dennis alluded to a bit earlier, this was kind of approved in twenty seventeen and then it was it was taken back uh, right around the time you, you joined. So this has been a long running debate and it, it's it's fascinating to see the survey you allude to, but but you were a longtime college basketball coach at, at Cleveland State and, and, and an assistant here at, at UW Madison. Uh, you know that was that was your career prior to the WIAA. So I, I'm curious. You know you have experience with the shot clock, um, but I, I'm just I'm fascinated to hear those numbers because those, that's the first time I've heard those numbers. Are, were you surprised by those returns? Well, I think the um, the short answer to that is no, because we've been kind of keeping a pulse on that over the course of, of the years that I've been here. And the coaches have taken polls randomly since 2018. And, you know, even the coaches in the state, I think if you look at the, the voting in totality from maybe back in 2018 or 2019, was around 52% were for it. I mean, it wasn't drastic. 
Um, it wasn't what you would think. And I don't even know if it did break the 50% mark, to be honest. Um, so so not, not completely surprised. And, and one of the other things I want to mention is you said uh, something about how some states are adopting the shot clock by division. And that is true. There are 20 states that will have the shot clock in uh, this coming year. Um, yeah, a few at a time, you know, not, not all of them at one time, but since the adoption by the, NC, the NFHS to allow the shot clock, we've seen it go from eight states to 20 states. Only two of those states have partially implemented the shot clock. One state by divisions and another state um, in tournaments. Uh, they're allowing it to be used in tournaments. So, so the majority of the states have adopted it fully of those that have adopted it. So I think, you know, we're not quite at 50% either of the states that have actually adopted the shot clock. Some big, some big, big states out there that have been known for basketball, like Kentucky, like uh, Indiana, have yeah. not adopted the shot clock. So, um, and we've got some states surrounding us that are going to be using the shot clock or moving in that direction. So um, that's always something that puts pressure on on a state is when other states around them start start utilizing a new rule. <laughs> As a college coach, did you like it? Well, I only knew the shot clock. Um, you know, I, I didn't ever coach without the shot clock. I wasn't a part of the transition to, to the shot clock, I should say. Um, so, I mean, did I enjoy playing with the shot clock? It was all I knew as far as coaching with the shot clock. It was all I knew, and I found it, yeah, to be to be an uh, interesting part of the game for sure. Uh, but as you know, the WIAA is a body that acts on behalf of member schools. And when the membership wants the shot clock, the WIAA will be happy to implement it. Um, but we have to abide by what, by what our membership right. wants. And so our, when, you know, when the membership is ready, if they, if they get to that point, um, then we will be implementing it. But up until then, we are trying to do right by the membership. And right now the membership is, is skewed towards not wanting. That's well said, Kate. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fact. We could sit here and talk about the shot clock right. for three hours. But go ahead. One, one thing I had was, okay, all the steps for people to understand. It started with the coach's advisory. Then where does it go before the board of control and then the, the general membership? How yeah, many steps? So, um, after, yeah, so after – coaches advisory who made the proposal it goes to sports advisory which is made up of athletic directors sports is sports advisory it has already gone through sports advisory and then it came to the WIAA executive staff so uh, the, the group of us here that are director and assistant directors we then talk about it and make a we have one vote for against or split and then from there, it goes to the advisory council, and that's the final step before the board of control. Wow. And and new last year, the advisory council um, became able to, if they don't, if they aren't in favor of it by a majority vote, then it never makes it to the to the board of control. So that was new last last year. Um, it used to be that as this worked through the steps. So sports advisory w- was not in, ma- in a majority in favor of the shot clock. 
in this previous vote. Um, but it still advances. And now the new rule is that when it gets to advisory council, if they're not in, in favor of it by a majority, it does not ever get to the Board of Control. Dead in the water. <laughs> yep. Wow. And then now the Board of Control would be the final step before, and if it costs, you know, if the proposal costs money, which this one would, for the, co- for the schools to implement it, then it goes to the annual meeting to be voted on. So it, is, uh, it has become a, maybe it's added another year almost to a proposal getting through based on this new, um, the new process. Wow, that's fascinating yeah. to learn about. Appreciate you explaining that. Kate Peterson, I'll be out with us for a few more minutes here on Prep Mania. Kate, I, I know part of, another part of your job is, is working with officials, right? The advisory committee as well as some of the recruitment efforts. And me and Dennis are both big advocates, right? Be an official. Sign up to be an official because there's, there's always a need for them. So what are, what are some of the efforts uh, that, that comes with that part of your role? And, and how can we help, I guess, would be my other part of, part of that question. Well, thanks for asking. I mean, we, we're always in need of officials, as you said. We, we've, seen, um, a, we've seen a drop after, during COVID and after COVID. Um, I, I'm happy to report that our numbers have bounced back since, you know, pr- prior to COVID. That's great news. Um, but as you know, there's still, there's still a need. I mean, we still have games and, and um, kids that are, are, are having to wait to play because we didn't have enough officials to run games at all schools on, on all on the same night, for example, being rescheduled. Um, so, you know, there are sports that are in more dire straits than others. What, what has the WIAA been doing? Well, we've been speaking collectively with all the stakeholders that are involved. That's the schools, the assigners, the, the officials' associations, the communities. Uh, there's so many people that are a part of this process, and we've been really impressed with how many people have taken part in trying to get those numbers back up. You know, the media has been reporting on it, and that's driven a lot of people to look at coming out to become an official. Um, we are recruiting at all kinds of different levels. You know, like what I've always noticed is it's if there's a coach in the family, likely there's previous coaches in the family. You know, dad coached, mom coached, now son or daughter are coaching, um, and it, it tends to be a profession that runs in families. That is very true of officiating as well. And so we're looking at the next generation of officials um, through sons and daughters of current officials. We also have um, really stepped up our recruitment of high school students. Uh, a year ago, we had 12 high schools that were offering curriculum for students to learn how to become an official and, and learn the trade of officiating at, at the very basic level. This year, we had 24 schools that were offering credit for a class in high school. We sent out a survey last year asking how many people would be interested, how many schools would be interested in act, adding curriculum. We um, partnered with a school that has long time been, at, been offering a class, and their teacher then spoke at the, um, at, I, I don't, I'm not going to get this right, but the health and physical education conference that's held in the fall. 
and she gave her curriculum to any anyone who was interested in starting a class and i sent out a survey as to how many schools would be interested and we had 161 schools say that they would be interested wow i can tell you that um you know i've been sharing curriculum like crazy and answering questions to help schools potentially start classes i believe that we will be oh we will have probably between 30 and 50 schools that are offering curriculum next year. But one really interesting fact is that a year ago we had, we licensed 214 high school kids to be officials. Wow. This year we at, we licensed 1400 <laughs> high school kids. So this is a way for us to repopulate our officiating and this is a, an avenue that we're really focusing on. I believe those numbers will go up again next year. But to see that type of growth is just outstanding because we are going to see retirement of officials. To be honest, we requested that officials came out of retirement over the last two years to, to come back and help us through this crisis. So many of the officials who have come back are probably nearing the time of that they really are going to you know, to step away from officiating, and we need to replenish that. So um, to see such a, I don't know, just a, it's very promising to see this young age group, um, you know, look into it as a potential for their futures. And what a great way for high school kids, for college kids to make, um, make, make some extra money and stay involved in, game, in, in sports that they were probably really active in in high school. Yeah, the youth program where we paid our officials twenty bucks a game. They do five on a Saturday. Here's a hundred bucks for a high school kid in cash. Yeah, I think they can take that for college. Before we let you go, though, we want to talk about the WIA WBCA summer basketball tournaments up at the Champion Center in Appleton. I was up there last year. What a remarkable facility that is! And now you've got not only boys but girls tournaments. You want to talk about those too? Oh, yeah, I would love to. You know, we started last year with our first event. We called it the June Jam for boys. Um, the, the NCAA, in partnership with the NFHS, so the, the college you know, oversight, along with the high school oversight, they got together and talked about how high school basketball could help colleges. And this is what they came up with. So they call it the June Scholastic Event. So the only time that these college coaches, Division One college coaches, can go out recruiting in the month of June is if they're going to watch high school events, not, not AAU events, but high school events. So we talked about it for a few years, and COVID hit, and it kind of um, got us off the tracks a little bit, and last year we finally were able to present it. It was only sanctioned for boys um, a year ago, and this past summer it, was, it became sanctioned for girls. So we joined and, and offered the opportunity for girls' teams as well. We're still registering teams right now. And I can tell you, in the first year, the boys' event had 77 teams. 77 of our member schools signed up, and we had an incredible event last June. Um, this year, we've offered it for girls and boys. It hasn't quite caught on yet with the girls as we wished, but it, enrollment is still open. Registration is still open until the 31st of this month so we're hoping to see some more teams come out to the girls we've got about 20 teams signed up in girls right now hoping for a much larger 
number uh, moving forward. But for boys, we're going to have to close it at 96 teams this year, and we're, we're really close. I think last time I checked, we were at 85. So there's room for 11 more boys teams out there. So if there's any boys teams that are thinking about joining, they should do that as soon as possible. And for the girls, you know, I would love to hear from some of those coaches out there that would like to get their team in the event. I, I have opened it up to uh, – it is a two-day event for, for girls, and it's a three-day event for boys because we've had such popularity. We've needed to open another day. Uh, but for the girls, I've opened it up to – allowing teams to come for just one of the two days if that would if that would help and encourage them to sign up we would love to have them so um hoping there's still some teams out there that are looking for a place to be and uh, we're gonna run a, you know, a really good tournament um with lots of competition and um really excited to be a part of it again this year well that is just terrific stuff from kate peterson abia the wia assistant director kate thanks so much for the time i know we ran a little bit longer than we said we would but this is such a fun conversation and really appreciate your insight on everything i'm so happy to be a part of this so thank you very much for giving me the call today you're the best this is zimbraconda's presentation of prep mania we'll wrap it up right after this Wrapping up Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania here on ESPN Madison. A big thanks to Kate Peterson Avia, the WIA assistant director, who was terrific. And a little bit earlier, we had Derek Jensen, a 2024 commit to the UW football team from Arrowhead, jumping on earlier. Thanks to both of them for joining us. I'm Alex Strofe. He's Dennis Semrau, live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Zimbraconda's Prep Mania, of course, brought to you by Zimbraconda, where for nearly 50 years they've provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbraconda's used car dealership will save you time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicle that matches your style. If you're in the market for a new Honda or a used Honda, visit Zimbraconda in Madison today or head to Zimbraconda.com to search current inventory. Well, Dennis, uh, a terrific 20-plus minute conversation with Kate Peterson Aviad about the shot clock and all the changes and proposals going on with the WIA. It's always insightful when we can have somebody from the WIA up in Stevens Point on to tell us about everything going on in high school sports. And basketball being as popular as it is, you know, the uh – We'll talk about the shot clock, and um, you're looking at, uh, you know, some states now uh, around the country that have quarters are changing, you know, how you shoot free throws, the two-shot versus the bonus. I mean, there's always something with the game that's coming out. And uh, I, I still think back to the days, okay, back to the days in the field house, but even in the call center when they used to have the shoot around the day before, the one thing I wish they'd bring back. That was uh, kids had anywhere from 15 minutes to half hour, depending if the Badgers were practicing or ice time or whatever. Uh, the facility was open. But the kids that never got off the bench, you got 15, 18 on the team or whatever, and you might only play five guys. One year, Marshall just played like they're solid five. And those other kids never get on the floor. Well, when you had that shoot around, they could do that. Yeah, so I miss that. that. Miss those days. Uh, that's the one thing I wish they would bring back. But the shot clock, I think it's inevitable, and uh, uh, the people adjust to it. But right now, it's uh, the, there are more small schools than there are large schools in the state. Small schools don't want it for financial reasons or whatever. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, but we'll uh, see. We'll it, see. It's going through the process again. So I, I think you're right about the inevitability. It's just a matter of time. And, and uh, Kate mentioned, you know, when 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 school or states around you start having it pop up, that's when the pressure is on. So we'll be interesting to see. I've always been a big fan of the idea of it in the shot clock, and and we've we've talked about that story many times. But uh, I hope they get it done eventually. But but we will see. In the meantime, it will be a couple of years at the earliest before. Uh, that that would happen, but uh, Dennis, it's an exciting time for us because each uh, each year on on Prep Mania, we we recognize our student athletes of the week, and we get plaques at the end of the year printed out for each of them. It's delivery season for us. We're like Santa Claus in May, aren't we? Road road, road trip time. Yeah, catch up with the kids uh, getting ready for college. And uh, uh, so far this week, we delivered to uh, Jackson Mankowski over at Madison uh, La Follette, uh, Taylor Moreau, Monona Grove. And uh, Griffin Empey Griffin from Stoughton. at Stoughton, and got uh, Sierra Perchborn from Middleton, Joe Mueller uh, from uh, Memorial, and uh, Joe Stoddard from Mount Horeb. A couple of Sock Prairie kids, Ani Brand and Nolan Vills. All those going out this week, and then we've got plenty more. Nineteen schools, twenty-four different athletes were recognized this year, and uh, those were all up on. Uh, they were up on our uh, Wisconsin On Demand site now on one on YouTube. Yeah, some on YouTube, and, and yeah, you can find those wherever. But it's always it's always neat, a cool thing we get to do. And, and road trip, indeed, 19 area schools recognized this year throughout the academic year when we feature those student-athletes. And, and, and who was the first one we did way back in August? Oh, boy, now you're testing my memory here. I believe it was Tommy Ramish from Wanakee. Right, and then after that we had uh, Jerry Kaminsky. From Sun Prairie East. And we had uh, Sierra Pertzborn right away. We had from that was that was fun because uh, both the dads, the coach, were football coaches, and and uh, they were in, and then we had both their kids in for profiles. Right. So um, interesting. We'll see what happens uh, with the next year. Already looking ahead for some great senior student athletes. Uh, just amazing when you see what uh, some of these kids are going through academics. Uh, Edgewood this year had three: um, Mark Herring, Izzy Enns, and Lily Olson. Uh, we, I mentioned Sock Perry had a couple. Wanaki, Ramish, and Ali uh, Sala. Yeah. Tarek's Tark daughter. Sala's daughter. Yep. yep. And then uh, McFarlane, uh, Dayton Gillen, and Gwen Krull. And Gwen's interesting story. She actually finished up school in December. She's been at Bowling Green all semester. Oh, wow. She's back, and she's going to be going through gra- walking through the graduation ceremony yeah. and having a graduation party, even though she's been at school for four months. How and, funny is that? And uh, But she's uh, geared up to play volleyball on Bowling Green in the fall, and having that uh, – they have, you know, like football, there's a spring volleyball season, and they were able to have a couple of exhibitions and get into it. So it was great to talk, to, catch up with her, and uh, uh, again, an uh, outstanding representative of McFarland High School. Absolutely. 19th schools. That blows my mind. So cool. Uh, well, Dennis, I hope you have a terrific Memorial Day weekend. Any fun plans? Stay safe. I uh, don't just hanging out, uh, getting ready for state track and stuff next week. And, uh, Got uh, a bunch of stories to file. Yeah, there you go. So. You got a bit. It's a busy time of year for you. Yeah. You're done sleeping for a couple of weeks, so uh, <laughs> get it in while you can. If you missed any of today's uh, show, you can find it Wisconsin on Demand or wherever you get your podcast. Just search Prep Mania. This has been Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania.